thank you for coming to the home show. You know, I could try to spice it up and make it sound all radio-ish, but I'm just happy that you gave us an opportunity. If you're someone looking to educate yourself so that you can purchase a home for you and your family, this is the place. Sit back, take some notes, and enjoy the show. Let's get into some some history, right? Let's look back so we could go forward. So for those of you that don't know, the FHA, the Federal Housing Administration uh, Home Loan Program was created back in 1934. uh, And it was a part of the National Housing Act. Okay. Now, the reason or the, the motivation for the program was to help stimulate the housing market. Uh, during the Great Depression. Okay. And and how it was going to do that was by providing insurance to lenders, folks like ourselves, even today, who make loans to qualified borrowers. All right. So that's the history from which we're going to work from today. But I want you to have an understanding of where this program comes from. It's not a Johnny come lately. And we're going to get into a couple of things before we move forward. But let me give you the brief history on conventional loans, specifically Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Those are the two government GSEs, government sponsored entities that help us with conventional loans. So Fannie Mae, also known as the Federal National Mortgage Association, was created in 1938 as a part of the New Deal under FDR. Same same president uh, that initiated or helped initiate the Federal Housing Administration Act or the FHA, right? Now, Freddie Mac is is a lot younger than the, the, the two former programs that I just mentioned, FHA and Fannie Mae. But Freddie Mac, uh, also known as the Federal Home Loan Mortgage Corporation, was created in 1970. Now, both of the conventional programs, entities were created by the U.S. government for the purpose of providing liquidity and stability to the housing market for or by purchasing mortgage loans from lenders, just like FHA, right? And providing funding to help make home ownership more accessible to more Americans. So three things I want to hit on this slide before we move forward. And hopefully you you kind of see the clues as recent as what we just went through as a nation, right? With the pandemic. So the government always benefits those that do the things that it doesn't want to do via the tax law. And so housing people safely, securely, and things of that nature is is one of the things that we, the people, the government are, are involved in, if you know so or not. So know and understand that there's going to be a lot of benefits for those that make the decision to become homeowners that are qualified, right? It's number one. Number two, sounds like you're in the home ownership, home business, one way or the other. If you're American taxpaying, things of that nature, you, you, you're helping to bolster uh, the housing market one way or the other, uh, especially in times of uncertainty, Okay because uh, housing is very important. Hopefully you can see that. And then then lastly, not just renters, 
Okay. Renters aren't the only ones that are paying someone else's mortgage, but let's look at the pandemic. What we just went through the cares act, uh, folks are lamenting about student loans and things of that nature. But if you had an FHA loan, uh, or one of the conventional loans that were backed by the government, a lot of folks were able to, to use forbearances and things of that nature. And that's why we don't really have uh, a downturn like we had back in 2008, where there was just a ton of surplus, a lot of homes on the market, more homes than there were people as far as demand is concerned. So it's great to understand the history of these things. And for those of you that are on the sideline or the fence of, uh, as far as renting is concerned, from what I can see and what I glean from this information and have for years, you're in the housing industry uh, one way or the other, because the government is us. It's we the people. Right. So now now that we got a little history, let's move forward and get into why you're probably watching this. Right. So let's talk about some differences with conventional and FHA. And this is some information, again, that I pulled out that tries to hit, uh, give you a good foundation of where you could start. But by no means are these all the differences. And though the differences are really going to be dependent upon you and your specific situation. So let's start with FHA. Uh, FHA offers lower credit scores. That's one of the main benefits, if you will, are differences between FHA and conventional, because technically someone with a, as low as a 500 middle score up to a 579 middle score, if you are qualified and can be approved, uh, the only difference for you as far as getting a loan is concerned down payment wise is you would have to have a higher down payment, 10%. But theoretically, you can go down to 500 and uh, get an FHA loan. Um, more, more commonly, folks at 580 and up, not a problem getting the FHA loan with the three and a half percent down payment assistance, not down payment assistance, but down payment. I'm sorry. I got down payment assistance in my mind, but three and a half percent down. Okay. Regardless of how much money you make. Okay. So 580 going up to 850 or whatever the scale is now. Um, FHA offers loans for those on the lower end of the credit score spectrum opposed to conventional where you got to start the game at a 620. Now, higher debt to income ratios, higher DTI ratios. FHA also allows for higher ratios. Okay. Uh, we'll just deal with the back end ratio where we take the proposed house payment, all of your monthly liabilities to exclude utilities and things of that nature. Again, there's nuance, but the stuff that's going to show up on your credit report, the new house payment, add that together, divide that into the gross income. And, you know, I like to round down, I'll say 56% on the back end, uh, but FHA will allow for higher debt to income ratios opposed to conventional with well-qualified buyers or buyer uh, and everything in place. You can potentially go up to 50% DTI debt to income ratio on the back end. And then the third thing, for FHA that I think is very important is that there's no first time homebuyer requirements. That's what FTHB stands for. First time homebuyer. So as long as you're going to occupy the property as your primary residence, you can get into an FHA loan with as little as three and a half percent down. That's the minimum down payment. 
Um, there are some caveats, very specific, where you can have more than one FHA loan, but, but you have to meet those conditions and they're very straightforward. Not the topic of this video, but the point I want to make is you do not have to be a first time home buyer in order to get the three and a half percent down payment. On the other side of the, 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 the differences on the conventional side, you must be a first time home buyer definition. You've not had ownership or interest in real estate in the most recent three years. Okay. That's what makes you not qualify as a first time home buyer. But if you've not had that interest or owned real estate in the most recent three years, then you're a first time home buyer. Uh, and if so, on conventional, you can get in with their first time home buyer version with as little as 3% down. So a lot of folks don't know that, but conventional first time home buyer programs will allow you to leverage borrow 97% of the purchase price or put down a minimum of 3% opposed to FHA's three and a half. So now we'll jump over to conventional and hit those three. Now, uh, number one on conventional, they offer higher loan limits. It skips my mind right now, but I believe it's 700, uh, $29,047. That's the conventional maximum loan limit nationwide. It could go higher in some high cost areas and things of that nature. But for the most part, 703 quarters of a million dollars, you can get a home if you qualify for it. And that's a conforming loan, meaning uh, you can put down as little as 3% as a first time home buyer. Okay. So there's higher loan limits opposed to FHA, where they're going to be maximum FHA loan limits based upon the county in which you're buying your home in. Uh, flexible appraisals. This is a big one. Uh, to me, it's, it's something that we need. We in the industry need to do much more education on because a lot of sellers are and, and realtors for that fact, especially younger ones are misinformed that it, it's, it's a myth that it's a, a much harder, much more scrutinized process going FHA opposed to conventional, not really the case, but FHA will, uh, ding, folks or homes that have hazardous type situations going on. Examples, if you have an older home and you have pip, any kind of peeling or chipping paint, that's going to cause the appraiser to come back and say subject to this house is worth a million dollars subject to you repaint me and getting that paint fixed. Right. Uh, another common one, the, the ground fault circuit interrupters, GFCIs, I believe in wet areas, you know, in the restrooms, in the kitchen areas, in older homes, you know, a little five to fifteen dollar fix a lot of times causes uh, subject to valuations on homes. Little things like that are going to kick up on an FHA appraisal uh, to where you might not have those same things on a conventional appraisal. So conventional appraisals are a lot uh, more lax, if you will, might not cover everything. And depending on how you look at that, that might be a good thing or, or bad. But that's why a lot of folks, especially homes that need some work done to it, you might see we only accept conventional financing because they don't want to do the deferred maintenance or something of that nature. Uh, and then the third thing on the differences that I want to highlight is the um, removable, if that's a proper term, PMI, private mortgage insurance. When it comes to conventional loans, at some point in time, even if you just make the minimum 
required payment uh, around year 11 or so that private mortgage insurance is going to be satisfied. Uh, if you have a 15 year uh, loan or a 30 year loan, and for whatever reason, maybe you took forbearance, yada, I don't know the s- scenarios that might cause you not to hit your scheduled private mortgage insurance removal. But after a half of the term, so seven and a half years on 15, 15 years on a 30, then the private mortgage insurance is going to come off. Opposed to FHA, uh, depending, especially folks that put down the minimum amount, you're always going to have private mortgage insurance for as long as you own that loan. Okay. For the life of the loan, however long you have it. And if you put higher down payments down, then there's a way for you to remove that or for it to be removed in a certain time frame. but you can't accelerate it like you would with a conventional loan. Uh, without refinancing. So those are the differences that I believe you need to know to start the conversation or to get you on the right road uh, to determining what loan is good for you. Let's move forward. Now, what loan should you use and why? Uh, Again, this is a high level Attention, Texas home buyers. Did you know that the Texas State Affordable Housing Corporation, also known as TSHAC, has several down payment assistance options available to you? These programs are designed to help make home ownership more accessible, and yet they are often underutilized. You don't even have to be a first time home buyer. Don't let the lack of a down payment and or closing cost funds hold you back any longer from realizing your dreams of homeownership. Schedule a consultation today and learn more about these great resources and start your journey to home ownership. Professional opinion, one-sided conversation uh, from me to you. And again, this is not gospel The point I want to make is you got to reach out to your lender, the one that you know, like and trust so that you can have a conversation and then supply documentation with your specific situation. And then from there, you guys can really pinpoint what direction you need to go in because the documentation will, will, you know, afford your lender that information to make help you make that decision or point you in the right direction. Right. Um, So let's do it this way. I decided to come up with some different profiles, if you will, on who should do what type of a loan. And we're going to go with four total profiles, two for conventional, two for FHA. So we're going to start with conventional. And the first avatar, if you will, is what I would call your first time home buyer that has a 680 mortgage score, middle credit score or higher. And the reason I chose this avatar is because it's going to cover a lot of younger professionals, folks coming out of school, uh, thinner uh, credit profiles, uh, lower down payments, things of that nature, because they're looking for that first time homebuyer loan that I uh, aforementioned uh, here in this presentation, uh, because they're going to fit that first time homebuyer requirement. The reason 680 is very important is because private mortgage insurance on the conventional side of the loans is based, it's risk-based. It's based on credit, 
uh, debt to income ratio, loan to value, loan to uh, uh, LTVs, loan to values, how much money you put down, um, how many people are on the loan. And it could get very expensive because uh, of lower credit scores, because that's a risk indicator, right? So ultimately, in my opinion, um, no lower than 680. And the reason I say that for this avatar or profile is because if you're a first time home buyer and you fall at or below 80% of the area median income of where you're buying, then there's a ton of benefits for you guys here in 2023 at the time of this recording, because there's uh, the administration, the powers that be feel like a lot of folks that fall in those cohorts missed out on a lot of the great interest rates and things of that nature because of affordability, lack of down payment, whatever. So a lot of changes have been made in the area of loan level price adjustments, uh, translate cost in interest rates. And with some of these first time home buyer programs for folks that are at or beneath 80% of the area median income, the private mortgage insurance is discounted and the rates are super, super, super good. Uh, and then also you can combine these with down payment assistance and things of that nature. So that this person, this avatar for sure should look at conventional uh, because of all of the things that I just mentioned. Let's move forward. Our second avatar that I think should for sure consider conventional are our move up home buyers. That's what M MHOOB, <laughs> that's the acronym there that I, I've come up with. And for these folks, obviously these are these are people that are moving up, right? They've been in a home for a period of time. And the concept in my mind is these folks typically, based upon my practice, they're gonna have much higher credit scores. Okay. Um, a lot of times it's two borrowers, uh, doesn't always have to be the case, but higher credit scores, two borrowers, larger down payments. Cause they're going to take that equity from the house that they're selling if they choose to do so, or even if they're keeping it, a lot of times folks have the ability to put 20% plus down. Now, uh, those folks for sure should look at conventional because you're not dealing with any type of private mortgage insurance. If you're putting the 20% down and Remember, on FHA loans, regardless of the down payment, you're going to pay private mortgage insurance. More importantly, that upfront portion. So it's less expensive once things are in place. And before I move forward, I do not want to cast a negative connotation uh, on private mortgage insurance because that is the insurance that affords a lot of us, even myself when I first started, to get me off the sideline. To, to deal with the barrier of down payment, okay, uh, to get in the game. So it's a it's it's necessary and when used or or when you deal with a professional that has a strategy for you and that's gonna help you along the way, uh private mortgage insurance is not a big issue. Uh, but you gotta crunch the numbers so you can see what's going on. But I digress. The move up home buyer excellent candidate for a conventional loan. One caveat to that is this. If you're going to put less than 20% down uh, because of all of the changes that were made for first-time homebuyers, first-time homebuyers that uh, fall at or beneath 80% of the area median income, uh, the cost was stripped from there. Unfortunately, 
somebody's got to pay, right? And they've switched that burden over to better qualified folks with higher down payment. So depending on your down payment and where you are, it may be uh, advantageous for you and your professional, your lending partner to look at FHA uh, because it might be less expensive. Uh, and again, put a strategy in place to where when things change, you come back and refinance. So uh, that's who I would say is the second avatar that would need to look at conventional loans. So before I go on to the FHA side, let me say this. If you are someone that does not have a lending professional and you want to reach out uh, in the description and the show notes uh, somewhere on this video, if you're watching the podcast, uh, you will have an opportunity. Pull out your phone, take a snapshot of the QR code so we can schedule a consultation. Believe that we always should have a conversation first to see if there's a meeting of the minds. And uh, we would love I would love because this is who you would talk to myself uh, to do that with you. So I want to uh, invite you to do so. Uh, and I would love to to work for you and your family if it's a fit. Moving forward, FHA. Now, here are the two profiles for FHA. Uh, for sure, no brainers that I think should, you know, go that direction. So anybody and I didn't put it here on the screen. I got first time home buyer 580 and up, but I'm really meaning anybody from 500 to 579. Okay. Or 580 to 679 for sure. You're a FHA home buyer because of the private mortgage insurance on one side being risk-based more importantly, because of the flexibility in the underwriting guidelines for people that have had challenge credit in the past. I want to drive the point home, though, that it's the credit score just opens the door. What does it open the door for to see if we could get you approved? Because the two time intervals that I really want you to understand as someone looking to purchase a home, especially if you've had credit challenges in the past, is 24 to 12. So the most recent two years, very important. But the most recent 12 months is super important. And you cannot have had any late derogatory type activity within the most recent 12 months. Now, that said, have I closed folks that have had lates and within that 12 months? Yes. That's where we're back to each person and their specific loan is unique. There's none other because there's nuances. Right. But from a 10,000 foot view. If you're preparing yourself, the most recent 12 months is, is key. Can't have any late payments. And now that we're coming off and coming off the pandemic and having recession talks and things of that nature and things are tightening up, I'm noticing that, you know, marginal credit and things of that nature is not getting approved. Moreover, if we have to manually underwrite your loan, you have to have things in place. And the interval that's most important is 12 months. So no late payments, 12 months, say all that to said that. But uh, for sure, if you've had challenge credit in the past and you fall anywhere between 500 and 679, more times than not, it's going to be FHA. Uh, for those looking for down payment assistance with FHA, it really starts at a 620 middle credit score and higher. But um, again, that's that's what I'll say to that. And here is the second profile or person that should consider FHA. And 
AHB stands for any home buyer. Because again, there's no first time home buyer requirement when it comes to FHA. So any home buyer, right, 580 and up, you should consider looking at FHA for any of the reasons that I just aforementioned. Uh, again, if you have low down payments or you're challenged with down payment and things of that nature, um, if your credit scores are lower than, you know, 700 for sure, uh, you probably want to look at a, a FHA. A lot of different reasons, but the key is this. There's no first time home buyer requirement. And as long as you're liquidating, if you have one FHA loan and you're selling it, moving to another, you can do that as long as much as many times as you like. Uh, and put down the minimum required amount for your primary residence. 